Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast where two old school Heroes fangirls rewatch the show, talk about it, and defend its honor. My name is Keisha. And I'm Rachel. And this week, um, we are going to be getting into episode eight of season three, Villains, which at the time was controversial in its retconning, people said of a lot of things, but you might be surprised to see that it actually fits together a little better than, uh, at least I thought it fit together a little better than I remembered. But before we do that, if you recall the whole bit with Leonard Roberts and the Variety essay that we did our reaction episode to, um, well, there was a statement released not long after we published from his scene partner at the time, Allie Larder. And uh, do, you, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? I'll read it, sure. Okay, yeah, go for it. Uh, released to TV line and not mm-hmm. Variety. Like, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe she's got beef with Variety. Sometimes actors have that. Maybe. They don't like certain publications, so that's why they weren't going to put a comment out with it. I don't know. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I am deeply saddened to hear about Leonard Roberts' experience on Heroes, and I am heartbroken reading his perception of our relationship which absolutely doesn't match my memory nor experience on the show, the actress says in the statement to TV Line. I respect Leonard as an artist, and I applaud him or anyone using their voice and platform. I am truly sorry for any role I may have played in his painful experience during that time, and I wish him and his family the very best. There's her statement. Yep. Pretty standard PR statement. Yeah, I was like, that honestly could have been about any situation. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. um... Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's pretty standard PR boilerplate, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read many comments that were like she could have just said nothing <laughs> and been fine. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It just doesn't seem that sincere to me. But what do I know? So I think, and we've discussed this before. I think a lot of people and seeing it after are focused directly on just her, like it's all her fault. Oh, absolutely. When very much in the article, it's not painted that way entirely. It's a lot like, oh, this is kind of suspicious, all these things here. But here's how it went down with, like, you know, people behind the scenes. Exactly. Like, that's the thing that's really tricky about it, is it truly seems like, for whatever reason, they did not get along. And that was a thing with them as people, you know, on the job together. Mm -hmm. But absolutely what behind the scenes what behind what i can't talk today it's gonna be a long day (laughs) what went on behind the scenes is absolutely the real issue here and a lot of people and we said this we said this you said we said it in the episode we talked about don't get distracted by this Allie larder stuff the real problem is how the producers and tim kring handled shit Mm -hmm. and the work environment that was created so not saying she doesn't deserve shade. Exactly. And to, like, you know, get a spotlight shown on her. Because she does. Yes. yes. But I feel like everyone is pointing it only at her and not looking yes. over to the side. It's really shitty. Like, I've shared some, uh, I've shared some sites that have talked about when, um, Leonard Roberts, you know, posted, or when this came out, to the reactions to it. And Rachel and I have both seen that way too many people are like, you know, fuck Allie Larder, and and that's it, period. End of sentence. And it's like, and? Like, <laughs> there's a lot more here. Mm-hmm. And then, like, nobody talking about, like, what 
what, you know, fucking Kring or Dennis Hammer or anything. Like, no, they're just like, ah, screw her. And it's like, okay, you can be upset at her, but we really need to not ignore the larger issue here. And it feels like a lot of people are, and that's kind of a bummer, because, I mean, he goes through all this effort of speaking out, and it's just like, ugh, people... People aren't responding to the whole thing, and it sucks, because then that means it can just keep happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just, just a little update on it. Um, we don't think anyone else has actually released any kind of statement statement. Um, no. there's just been There's just been some Twitter activity with, like, retweets and likes and stuff, but not a lot of people have even done that. It's been pretty quiet, so. Who yeah. knows? Maybe after this, like, you know... New Year holiday stuff because it came out like right before the holiday stuff. That's true because we took our our break. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then who knows what'll happen in January? Maybe someone else from a different show or something will talk about some more behind the scenes shit like that. But you never know. Yeah, I mean, it really his his essay really had the potential to kick that door open. Um, it, it will be interesting to see if people walk through it because I bet people have a lot to say who worked on other things and had similar uh, situations. From that time and uh, beyond. Yep. So, I guess we'll see. But uh, back to the the present, or should I say the past? Both. <laughs> Both, really. Um, this is the episode I keep mentioning and referencing when I say it's like a retcon fest. But I, I've changed my mind about it a little bit. Maybe I just watched it in a good mood. But, um, yeah. Why don't we uh why don't we roll on into things? Uh Rachel, kick it off for a nice little tasty Mohinder log, why don't you? I, I shall. I didn't write it down as usual. Uh no nor did I cuz it's just it gets repetitive after a while. But he he's talking, he's really driving the point home that we are looking at Villagen Villagen. Wow. What the fuck word is that? Wow. <laughs> it's like it's that villain, day. I I combined villain and origin. Yeah, you villain did. origin stories. <laughs> I like villagin. That's a good word. <laughs> At villagin stories. Um, <laughs> and we again see Hero begin his spirit walk going wide-eyed and poof, hitting the dirt. And we get to see through his eyes. He goes to a party. And I'm unsure if it's like a Christmas party or what kind of party it is. But Arthur and Angela are on the stairs and they're all lovey-dovey and Arthur's giving a toast and, of course, during this toast, when he talks about his sons, he can't, he dare not utter that Peter is a nurse. <laughs> Which Peter is like, hi, I told you he wouldn't say it. Couldn't say nurse, you know. I love his, like, haha. And Nate's just like, could you just calm down for, like, two seconds? <laughs> so they finish their little toast, and, you know, uh, we see who else is there but Daniel Linderman. Hey. And... He comes up to Nathan. He's like, so the rumor's true that your office is starting a big old investigation on me. And Nathan kind of chuckles like, yeah, you know what? I'd shave my wrists if I were you. Handcakes. You know, handcakes. Wow. Wow. Handcuffs <laughs> shave. I am fucking. You can tell we haven't been talking for two weeks because oh now my it's just God. like. Yeah. I was concerned about this. I was thinking about it like yesterday the day before. I was just like, huh. Wouldn't it be funny if we just fell apart? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back on the horse. It's fine. Yes. Handcuffs shave, right? It's it's a line that that's not even just you though. Like even when Pazdar says it, that's it's a hard two words to say together. <laughs> Handcuffs shave, yeah. and he and Peter kind of like walk off together. And then Linderman goes over to Arthur and he's like, you know, what do you see? 
when you over there when you look at Nathan and Peter and um he thinks trouble. And Linderman's like, listen, man, you gotta get your son to back off because if he starts investigating, he's gonna see that you have had a hand in everything that I've done for the past 25 years. And Arthur's like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna give Nathan one last talking to, and if I can't get through to him, then we'll just kill him. Oof. So they're really setting up that, like, Arthur is the puppet behind Linderman. Yeah, he's he's the puppet master. He's pulling all these strings and Mm -hmm. always has been. So that's the reason why, you know, we always talked about him and why the show always talked about him. It works. So, you mm-hmm. know, to see it and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that works. It, um, it, it, it's a very godfathery type of vibe. Oh my god, it so is, though. Um, I love it. I just love when I, in my notes, uh, when, when you know, we see the, the Petrelli party through Hero's eyes, I was like, these rich fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Class war! (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, and, uh, I don't, I don't really have that much to add to that. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cut and dry, so. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I, yeah, I love Peter to be like, told you you couldn't say nurse out loud, Nathan, like, come on, like, just, just, come on. (laughs) Daddy's boy, Nathan. Yeah, like, oh, relax, Peter. He cannot. <laughs> Peter's like, I am relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, I mean, we obviously need to bring up the fact that because this is in the past, his emo bang is <laughs> chef's kiss. So. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. We missed it. We missed it ever so. <laughs> it's back. It's getting a little longer in the present, but yes. <laughs> Poor Milo, he probably hated that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like, this is, like, six months ago, part two. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, and it's, like, all no, these fully the three is. threads yeah. that are in the story, like, part aren't quite running together at the same time, but it's close. Yeah, it's very close. So. Which is something you have to kind of keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, these things are not, like you just said, happening at the same time. They're happening at different times in the past, but still about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is wild to think about if you just look at them being like, oh, this was a year ago. It's like in Breaking Bad. Um, if you ever take a look at how little time actually passes on that show, like, it's insane. Like, all this happened in, like, you know, a year and a half? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> This is the same thing. It's like, wait, you're telling me this all happened in, like, yeah, like a year and a half? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a big year. So we'll go on to another story thread from the episode. We are witnessing a robbery in, like, a gas station or a convenience store in Tennessee. And who should be the culprits but Flint and Meredith Gordon? Oh, sibling troubles. And... You know, Meredith grabbing some shit, and Flint is fucking around with fire, as you do. And he sees someone isn't getting on the floor. And who should that person be but Thompson? Hey! And what does he do to Flint? He uses a fire extinguisher on his hands. (laughs) So good. It's so little. (laughs) And Meredith is like, run! And he, uh, Flint runs off. Meredith... She stops for him, and she doesn't leave, and pretty much, like, puts her hands up for a taser. So, 
she gets caught, and Flint escapes. So yeah, they were uh, they were like fully together. Like they they were you know doing endeavors together. Mm-hmm. So that's new. Yeah. Being like, oh, that last name sounds familiar. Surely it's just a coincidence. <laughs> and then the show being like, no, 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 we're gonna lean into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've been <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, and it seems like they happen for a long time, we find out later. Mm-hmm. So, seems like her being alone when we meet her in season one is actually quite new. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Should we go to Brooklyn? Yeah! Should we go to our favorite watch at Antique Shop? Of course. Okay. <laughs> so, in a very six-months-ago way... We have a very similar shot of the outside of Gray and Sons, watchmakers. And we see, again, we see Gabriel Gray. Hey, old Tyler. And he's doing his thing. And it looks like maybe he's fixing a watch, you know? This is very all six months ago. Oh, wait, no. Nope, nope, nope. He's not fixing anything. He's making something. He's making a noose. Well, that's different. So, um, we, we figure out through the little, like, flashbacks in the flashback that this is right after he killed Brian Davis. And so, it wasn't like he killed Brian Davis and then went on a power trip and was like, yeah, I'm Siler now, you know, and, and did his whole thing with uh, Chandra. No, he actually was a total fucking Catholic, and uh, the guilt of it all was going to drive him to do something that is actually really disapproved upon in that school of thinking. Um, he was going to kill himself. And he would have. He, he, yeah, he, he makes the noose. It's, it's really, it's a sturdy noose. He gets up on a chair. He flings it over the beam. He's, he's ready to do it. And he's fully hanging in the air when who should come into the shop but L. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And she walks in. She sees that. And while he's choking, she does a little zap. And she burns through the rope, and so it, you know, snaps, and he falls to the ground, but he's okay. And he's just very like, whoa, what the hell happened? This was not the plan. He's confused. He's, you know, upset. And when he sees her, he's just like, forgive me, I'm sorry, etc. And he sobs into her arms. And that's how they met. They've known each other a while, apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Woosh Hero- No, Wait! Wait, it's different this week. <gasps> Whoosh villains. Mmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's villains time now. Ain't no heroes here. <laughs> um, so yeah, Elle's there, and she's trying to comfort a very distraught Gabriel. And she's trying to get him to talk about it, and he's like, no, no, I can't. But she keeps at him, and he's like, a man had something that I wanted, I wanted and I took it at a terrible price. And she's being very, very supportive and very understanding and very kind. And she's like, well, here's the thing, you know, the rope broke. You can't tell me that's not a sign that you weren't supposed to do this, you know, that that you're supposed to live on, basically. And he's like, I don't even know who you are. Like, what, what, you know, what, what's going on? Like, you just, you up and saved, you know, you're, you're, you're here. And what, what, who are you? Who are you, mystery woman? And... She, I think it's kind of funny that she gives him her real name. Don't you think she should fake, like, have a fake name if she's on, like, an op? Uh, this might be one of her first ops, honestly. Yeah, it does kind of seem like it with how Noah's treating her later, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. So she just gives him her real name. She's like, you know, I'm Elle. 
And he's like, oh, showing up out of nowhere like an angel. And she's like, yeah, an angel with a broken watch. And she's got her little watch that, you know, she'd come in to the shop with to try to do that little bit. And she leaves afterward, heads outside, and there's a waiting surveillance van. And who is just chilling there but Mr. Noah Bennett. And he's like, ah, cute meat. Because <laughs> he's been watching. And um, she doesn't understand why they don't just bag and tag the guy. Like, what the hell? Why, why are we going through all this trouble, basically, for this person who's apparently dangerous? And Noah tells her a little anecdote. You know, it's funny. Should we even be saying Noah right now? We don't know his name in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. No. Um. No, we can say no. We know because we are here. Bring back the bleep. Bring back mm-hmm. the bleep. <laughs> um. Okay. So, yeah, Noah has an anecdote. About whale migration and all that fun stuff. And he talks about whale song and how researchers figured out that whales don't communicate to each other in song when they're in captivity. They only do it in the wild. So sometimes to learn a thing, you have to be able to observe it in its natural habitat. Thus, they uh, know that Gabriel has the ability to transfer one, uh, you know, power from one vessel to another, which they know is a thing that can happen, but it's very, very, very rare. So this is like a big, you know, get for the company, for their research, for their files, is to be able to actually observe how this guy does it. So he's basically got to kill someone and they have to see it. And L has to be part of that to manipulate him and get him to do what they need him to do. And you know, how is she going to be able to manipulate him, Keisha? Um. Well, we'll we'll get into that no, a little bit later. No, you want to get into it now? <laughs> pie. Well, yeah, pie. But but they pie. say pie. They do say. <laughs> they Noah do. Says they pie. do. Yeah. They do. Yeah. She's like, "How am I going to get him to do it?" And he thinks for a second, and he's like, "Pie." <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, "What?" And then and then it makes sense later. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she's honey potting him right now. It's a it's a honey pot. Mm-hmm. It's a honey pot trap. Noah Bennett is a complete shithead this episode. <laughs> he really is. He fully is the entire time. <laughs> You're like, Holy Bleep shit. Bennett is a shithead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so lots more to come with those two. They get, I think, the lion's share of the episode, if not the Petrellis. Like, it's them, and then, like, the Meredith stuff is very much a C-plot. But. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's just those three, and then there was going to be a fourth that's been cut, which is the Knox stuff, so... The Knox stuff, which we've mentioned, and then, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, once again, going back to Meredith, she's locked up in a cell, a very familiar-looking cell, you know, hello, it's a Primatech cell, and Thompson's reading her file, and it turns out her and Flint have been in nine group homes in seven years, and four of them burned to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, go them, because there was probably a reason. Um... And it turns out that, you know, as, as we were saying with the whole bag and tag thing up above, uh, they want to recruit Meredith. They feel like they can recruit her. And she's like, well, you know, I don't know that I want to do this because the company can go screw. And he's like, hmm, well, it's this or you spend the rest of your life in a jail cell. So what's it going to be, agent or prisoner? And she tries to get them to agree to not go after Flint. That's all she wants. It's the only thing she wants. And Thompson's like, yeah, you don't really have like a great, you know, <laughs> like bit of leverage in negotiating here, but 
yeah, you know, all right, like, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> you know, like, they're very vague about it. They're like, mm, well, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. And then they decide to start her training. It's very much what we've, what we've talked about, like, with women not being on level five. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, so gross. Like, it's like, you look at Elle and you look at Meredith and you just think about Eden and you're like, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I just, I, I don't know. Candace, it's, it's, too. It, Candace, it's skeevy, man. It skeeves me out a bit. Mm-hmm. The kinds of assignments that they are willing to put them in. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see how her training goes soon enough. We have a lot more to do first. How's Arthur's garden doing? Oh, it's great. <laughs> he's trimming roses or whatever the fuck he's trimming. I wasn't paying attention to the flower. <laughs> I think he is. I think he's. Yeah. I think, I think so. they're like white roses or whatever. Yeah, they're white roses, I think. So, Angela goes out to to gardening Arthur before Peter's graduation party, which we fully see in six months ago. Yep. And she's like, I'm going to try one more shot to see if you'll come with me. And he's like, ah, it's just a little shoebox. Not a lot of people are going to fit in there anyway, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) And he's all like, plus, he's a nurse, meh. And she's (sighs) like, let me just remind you that when he manifests, he's going to be a great man. So, relax. <laughs> <laughs> and Angela turns around to leave and who should show up but Nathan. And she's like, oh, don't even try. I already did. He's gonna, he's not coming. <laughs> so, she leaves. And Arthur's like, hold up, Nathan. We need to have a little, a little talk before you go. And he's like, listen, you need to let another ADA handle the Linderman case. And I'm asking you, not as a lawyer, but as a father... To let someone else handle it. And Nathan's like, eh, no. Linderman's toxic, <laughs> and nothing would make me happier than to bury him in a big hole for a very long time. And then there's awkward silence <laughs> between father and son. <laughs> and he looks at Nathan, and he's like, you look good in a suit, Nathan. Oh, golly. And we see it, like, Nathan leave and him, like, chop the, the white rose off. And we get to see a flashback to that the crash scene, the incident where Heidi and Nathan get run off the road, Nathan flies up. The stuff in the hospital with, like, um, him finding out about her injuries. And then we get into new things. Because right after that happens, right after that cut in six months ago, Angela and Arthur arrive at the hospital. And they rush in. And uh, Angela's like, oh my god, are you okay? And Nathan's like, you think I don't know who did this? It was Linderman. <laughs> And they're like, no, it wasn't Linderman, da-da-da. And um, Nathan gets all pissy and is going to, like, fight Arthur right there. (laughs) Peter (laughs) steps in and, like, pulls him off, like, come on, calm down, calm down. And then he's like, you know, tried to kill me, and then, like, Heidi's never going to walk again. And Peter's like, all right, you need to relax. (laughs) She just woke up and she's asking for you. He's so good at handling this, it makes you think that, you know, he's always had to step in for the family. Oh, more than likely. And so, and he even is like, and Nathan, still pissed off, still being held back by his brother. (laughs) He's like, listen, I'm going to hurt Linderman, and if you're standing next to him, you're going down too. And Peter manages to get Nathan to walk off, and you can see that Angela is very upset by this whole thing. (laughs) <laughs> and not just upset, but her mind is kind of turning a little bit. She's got that look on her face like, huh. Yeah. So we cut to later that night where Arthur is in bed with a laptop. 
And Angela comes in. She's like, yeah, Heidi's spine's broken three places. So everything that Nathan's saying is like, you know, true. She's not going to walk again. And then she's like, no, no, listen, Arthur. (laughs) Is what Nathan is talking about (laughs) true? Do you think Linderman did this? And he's like, hup, Linderman doesn't have the spine to go after Nathan on his own. And just like, yeah, I, I, I know that, you know. <laughs> so, uh, did you try to kill our son? And he's like, oh, come. Super, super casual. Yeah. <laughs> super casual. And he's like, oh, come on, Angela. He's a, he's a district attorney. It could be any number of people that tried to kill him. And I won't have this conversation. And she's all like, mm. well, I want to hear you say it, though. I want to hear you say, no, I did not try to kill our son. Or, no, I did not ask Linderman to try to kill our son. Mm-hmm. And he says, no. And she's like, okay, I just wanted to hear you say that. I'm sorry, and I love you. So, yeah. Um, so, seeing these two scenes, uh, it's worth talking about how very differently Angela comes off in all this. Mm-hmm. She's, like, really doting and, like, demure almost. Mm-hmm. Her clothes are different, and her hair is worn differently. And I think that those are all worth noting. Oh, Yes. And I'm like, huh, she looks real different and she acts real different with Arthur. I wonder if there is a reason. <laughs> I dare say they might be. I dare say they be. might be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's funny because it's like uh, back in the hospital. I love how the scene from six months ago transitions into this pretty seamlessly, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everyone, you know, again, screaming retcon, but it's like, they didn't have an Arthur Petrelli cast, you know, and I don't think the show even fully realized how important they want him to be until, you know, like this now. Yes. I bet, I bet it was a thing where they were just like, you know, we keep talking about this guy and he clearly is an important part of the of the past of, you know, the Petrellis and he could be an important part of the present of the show and we should like actually cast someone and put him in. So it makes sense to me that they would choose to do that where they're like, and then the camera pulls back and then Arthur and Angela were there because they would be, mm-hmm. you know, like it makes sense. So yeah, I, again, I'm, I don't, I don't feel it's as retconny as I used to think it was. So no, it all kind of like fits in with the uh, six months ago. So yeah, it, it does. So like you could see that happening and then you could, you could totally imagine everything else that we already saw in six months, uh, six months ago, you know, just being on the other side of that conversation. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm just saying like good job then yeah <laughs> also uh arthur's uh laptop is a fucking dinosaur and i want to point that out too because <laughs> at the time at the time i bet it was really fancy and new and expensive because my old laptop looks like his mm-hmm. it's it's a beast yeah oh technology it's moved so quickly <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't that long ago <laughs> if they did it now he'd be on like a tablet or something I know. I was like, would he have an iPad? Mm-hmm. I think or so. a Surface, because they pay to get all their stuff in things. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Even more. Yeah. How's, uh, how's Meredith's training going? It's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She yeah. She's on a training mission with Thompson. Uh, I think it's interesting, Thompson, in this episode, because, like, I think in the comics, even everything, we've always seen the training point of view from um, Bennett. Yes. But we see here that also, you know, Thompson is out training people in the field. One of them's in the field. Mm-hmm. So they're going after someone named Danny Pine. And he's just like, all right, just chill back. Let me do the work. You're there just in case something goes sideways. And so they go up to this guy. 
and they're like, hey, we're from the, the VA, and we're working on trying to reassign homeless vets, so are you Danny Pine? And he's like, yeah, uh, where did the guy from uh, last week go? And they're like, huh? And they're like, yeah, he was here last week. And they're like, oh, he was just reassigned. We're the new ones, you know? And <laughs> of course, it's the thing where, you know, you give someone the fake name and they're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. You failed your thing. So he responds by turning his fist to metal and, like, starting a scuffle. <laughs> <laughs> and Meredith is manages to save the day. She gets a taser and is able to tase him and... She gets that same look in her face like Claire did when she um, tased Stephen Canfield. Like, oh my god, I did it. I tased the bad guy. You know? Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that little look, yeah. And, you know, Thompson gets up and he's like, oh, great job. Welcome to the company. Oh, that sounds like it's going pretty good, though. Yeah. It's good. Possible new career path. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? But I mean, like, you know, this doesn't appear to be that's where she was, but... Mm, yeah. that's true, huh? I bet something must have happened. <laughs> Much like how uh, we had no idea Ellen and Gabriel ever knew each other. Gee, I wonder how that all is going to fold out. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> um, so Bennett is chilling in the van and he's watching the Gabriel Grey Network because it's his favorite show. And we see him watching Gabriel tearing down his string board that he's building tearing this little mini list that he wrote on Gray and Sons stationery off of the uh, off of the wall. He's like, nope, nope, no more of this. Not doing that. And it's because Elle is coming over and she knocks on the door and, you know, he opens the door and she's like, do you like pie? And, 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 uh, <laughs> and she's got like a little pie or like a little dish towel. And she's just, like, embarrassed and quirky and cute. And it's just, it's, it's in theory, catnip to a guy like Gabriel Gray with his fucking old lady doilies and his plastic on the furniture. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, because she's, you know, she's, she's a nice girl. She's a nice girl, you know, but she, she, she's, uh, she's kind and sweet and cute and, Yeah. It's it's perfect. It's perfect for him. He'll go for it. And yeah, he gets all stammery and nervous. But uh, it's what's so great about how Quinto plays him in this is he's still got the darkness in his eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he fully looks like the Gabriel that we met in six months ago. Pre, um, you know, like pre Brian Davis. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like before he killed, basically. I feel like he looks differently now. He has got this, like, way of looking. Or it's just like, oh, there's a darkness there. <laughs> he did a bad thing. <laughs> and it's always threatening to bubble up to the surface. But no, no, no. No. He's going to handle it. He's going to get a handle on this. Um, and she's like, oh, you know, I've been thinking about you. And he's like, oh, gosh, shucks, really? And uh, he's, you know, cleaning up his, uh, you know, his, the clutter in his apartment because he says it's cluttering his thoughts. And he's trying to, you know, straighten up still while she's there. And she tries to be all flirty, and uh, it's really great, because he just shows her, like, right away what he can do, because he can't not. He, like, that's the thing, is like, that seems kind of weird, right? Like, he's just like, hey, look, we're in a normal world, <laughs> but I can move things with my mind. Want to see? Want to see? Um, but it makes sense, because look at his character. He needs to be special and different and, like, above. Mm-hmm. So he needs to impress her. He has to. And so... 
he uh, he totally yeah he totally fucking shows her, and she ends up uh, talking about the list, and he's like, yeah, there's there's other people out there who can do it too, and he's like, well, I'm not I'm not concerning myself with that, you know, that's that's done, I'm not doing that, just focusing on me, and uh, yeah, so he shows her, he he moves his little like his little dish uh, drying like rack, and it's just again, it's so funny because he moves it. And what should happen when he's moving it? But a fork, like, flies out of it. It's like I've talked about before. Like, he's got, like, this violence in his telekinesis that nobody else really does. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he's trying to show off to Elle. And Elle's like, oh, that's really cool. And and, uh, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to get wrapped up in it. He doesn't want to feel like how it makes him feel when he does it. He's just like, oh, subject change. What kind of pie did you bring? And... And she's like, oh, it's Peach. And he just grins. And he's like, oh, that's my favorite. And and Noah's just looking on like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, we, we know. We know it's your favorite, bud. Like, and he watches as Elle snatches the list out of the garbage can. Like, ah, good girl. She did it. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> HRG, oh, the fucking man. voyeur of this episode. He sure is, though. It's 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 interesting, yeah, to just have this be a concept now where it's like, oh, he really was trying to stop. At least, you know, trying to stop. Yes. But we know he doesn't. So something goes wrong, and it has to be a large part probably because of company interference, which is a really interesting way to reframe, like, the entirety of season one. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll we'll get there. There's still plenty to come on that on that uh, front. But right now, um, Thompson and Meredith are bringing Danny in, you know, and everything's going real swell. And Thompson explains to her that yeah, it's cool to follow orders, but what's really cool at the company is loyalty, and that will be tested from time to time because you need to be able to do whatever they ask of you. And so he gives her a key card. He's like, here, put him away in cell nine. And so, you know, she heads off to do it. And who does she see but Flint in the cell? <laughs> and she's just like, the fuck? And she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, an invisible man tackled me in the now. <laughs> What's up, Claude? I guess. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. And he's all excited. Like, they told me they were going to train me, too. And Meredith's like, dude. <laughs> Like, like, come on. Like, come on. Really? Like, you know, God, you're so dumb. All right. Um, I just, I love, uh, I love how Jessalyn acts against him the entire time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like, like, come on. Just like such a, such a, such a burden um, that you, you know, you you really believe that whole like sibling dynamic of she's always had to take care of him because someone has to because he's gonna, you know fuck things up and uh he flips just like super stoked about the idea of being an agent and he's like woo bag attack baby and he salutes thompson and i fucking die every single time that he does it so here we go (laughs) you want to talk about a plot hole okay do go this invisible agent cannot be clawed no it can't so Either they went in thinking, like, yeah, this is a great reference to Claude, which it, it can't uh-huh. be, it's not right for timeline, or there's just another invisible agent that just is hanging out. I have to hope that it's just, yeah, another invisible agent hanging out, because I think they did it in, like, a wink Claude way, mm-hmm. but you're right, it does not line up. Yeah. So. Yep. Timeline is off here, so. Yep. Just a little. Yeah. 
But yeah, him and the saw, woo, bag and tag, baby. <laughs> bag and tag, baby. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. He's, oh, yeah. It's funny, because at first when you see, like, the introduction of, like, Flint, in particular Flint, I think, mm-hmm. um, when he escapes level five and the bank job and everything, like, he's cool, but, like, he's definitely, like, a sidekick, you know, he's a henchman, mm-hmm. but uh, he's, he's got his moments, and this episode is full of them. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yep, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, shall we go back to Ellen Gabriel's pie date? Of course. Cool. Um, yeah, like I mentioned before, there's plastic on the furniture and it can't be ignored. It can't be ignored, Rachel. He was raised by, like, a grandma-aged mom. And, and, and you see it in, like, everything. <laughs> like, oh, uh, it's just, it's hard to ignore. Also, his apartment is really fucking cool looking. I've always loved that set. Mm-hmm. With, like, the built-in bookshelves and everything. It's neato. So... Elle is just all gushy and like, wow, it must be super cool to be able to have a power. And he's all anxious and uh, he totally name checks the hunger when he's talking about, you know, the bad side of it. He says, I covet the powers of others, but since meeting you, maybe I don't have to be so special. Maybe I can just be Gabriel again. (laughs) All he needed was someone to understand and to love him. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Or not, you know, I don't believe that. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> they go for the handhold, they're holding hands, it's like, oh, And she's like, you are, sh- you, are, you are special, just the way you are. You know, meaning that he can, like, throw things with his mind. Um, <laughs> and Noah is A plus this ep, because he's just, he's just watching and just, like, <laughs> just enjoying it. He might as well be eating fucking popcorn out in that <laughs> van, like, honestly. Just fucking photoshops them in. Um, you can tell, though, that Elle has serious reservations about this. She doesn't want to keep pushing him or manipulating him. Um, because I think that she can see that the efforts of the company will push him over an edge that he maybe would have stayed away from at this at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, and also just, like, she knows what the company turns people into, because, hi, hello, she can look in the mirror. <laughs> like... She knows what these pe- what these people do and what who, you know who they are, and I think she sees that he can just be a regular person. Maybe again, I don't believe I don't I don't I don't believe that. Uh, just because, especially with like the hunger thing that they brought up, like I, I don't think that he never would have killed again. Like, sure, you're taking L out of the situation, but you still have Chandra in the situation, kinda. Exactly. But is this po- exactly yeah. that's still gonna go down? Yeah. Like again, the timeline's a little weird because of how it is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, so. so I don't know. Is Chandra already dead or not? I'm not positive. They don't really... I don't think so, because I think that was his big, like, all right, moment. Maybe um, yeah, that, maybe that's after a, a later event in this episode. Perhaps, yeah. Um, And so, you know, she comes back out from her date, and he's just, like, sitting there smirking. Noah's just like, you think he's sweet. Like, aw, aw, you. You're falling for your mark. Er. And, uh, they pick a name off the list because they need to see him kill. And he's like, so here's the thing, you know, either you do this, you do what you've been asked to do, or, like, just leave the company. But know that if you leave the company, you will be on your own. And, like, him being very, you know, inferring the fact that she does not know any life that is not being an agent, which we're seeing in the present day now. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, she doesn't really know how to be a regular person at all. Although how he's like, maybe you can be a waitress. I feel like that was kind of a Charlie nod. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's like, you've been training for this since you were four, which, oh God, I know what we know it, but to hear it is always brutal. And so he's like, let's introduce Mr. Zeitlin, Trevor Zeitlin, to Mr. Gray. I'm sure that's going to go doing, well. Doing some matchmaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, golly. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go well at all. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's other things to do before then. So what, uh, how, how's Linderman feeling post car crash and all that? Oh, he's, um, he's fine, but he's a little worried. <laughs> he, <laughs> as well, he should be. <laughs> he and Arthur are walking down the stairs at the Petrelli Manor mansion, whatever the fuck. And Linderman's like, all right, listen, um, I know you want a second go at Nathan, but <laughs> it's kind of suspicious if we do it right now, and I think we need to postpone. And Arthur gets real pissy with him. He's like, oh, so should we postpone the plan for New York, too? That's been in the in the cards for years, Daniel. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, are you outliving your usefulness, Daniel? Oh, boy. And he's like, okay, you know what? You're right. You're right, Arthur. You know what? I know a guy in Montreal... <laughs> That worked for me in Vegas. I can fly him down tonight. He's real good. And as they reach the bottom of the stairs, who should be listening but Angela, who just walked into the house. Uh-oh. And she flips. She, like, drops her shit, runs to the kitchen, grabs a knife. And he's like, she's like, back the fuck up, Arthur. And he starts talking to her in her head. He's like, it has to be done. And she's like, he's my baby. <laughs> And he's like, say it, Angela. Say Nathan has to die. Say it has to be done. And we see her, like, fighting it again. Like, no, it's my ba- he's my baby. And slowly he gets her to say it like, Nathan has to die. So we see that Arthur's power is the power to get inside someone's head. At least one of them. Mm-hmm. Which that's, I think it's a good point to talk about it. Okay. Because we, we see his power is yoink, gimme, gimme. Uh-huh. So are we to assume that maybe this power, this the ability to get into someone's head, maybe was one of the first ones he took? It's like uh, the silo or telekinesis kind of thing. Yeah, his favorite toy, as it were. Yeah. I, I think so. I think that's fully what's uh, going on here. Because mm-hmm. of the man that he is. I mean, why wouldn't he use that all the time? Yeah. Just makes everything easier when people agree with him and fall in line. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because <laughs> you see the big bad, you know linderman being like "Ooh, arthur i'm sorry i know right he's so like yeah exactly he's so like cowering to arthur and it's so not the linderman we know because we didn't have that arthur perspective Mm -hmm. you know of him being around and seeing them together because their dynamic is indeed very different than he is with other people um it's kind of funny because arthur totally mentally abusing his wife Mm -hmm. Um, makes you wonder if he's tried to use it on his sons before. And if so, if if Peter actually manifested way long, way before anyone thought he did, and he actually could resist it a little bit. Because you know who doesn't seem to follow orders in that family? Fucking Peter. Mm-hmm. Nathan does exactly what daddy wants him to do. Angela does exactly what her husband wants her to do. But Peter doesn't seem to follow the program. Fair. I always kind of wondered about that. I have a note, like, at the very end of my <laughs> notes for the episode, talking a little bit about that. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, why isn't why didn't he use it on his sons if he didn't? 
Yeah. Like, we only ever see him use it on Angela. Yep. Because he's a sexist piece of shit. <laughs> that, like, yeah, is that the reason? Question mark? That we fully get into in the next episode, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, right, like, as that as we see her say Nathan has to die, it doesn't cut because we get, like, shoot back to Hero, and he, like, shoots sitting up like, murderer! And... <laughs> Or murder, murder. And Andal tries to wake him up, and Usutu's like, no, no, you have to leave him be, or he's going to get stuck. And he has Andal mix something, he's like, don't breathe it in, and he lets Hero smell it, and this makes Hero knock back out again. Because Hero was trying to fight and try to wake up before he was supposed to. He mm-hmm. has to finish his walk. So just a little cut to remember, hey, yeah, we're in Hero's head right now. Um, Two things. One, the transition shot is really cool that they use mm-hmm. after this. Um, and two, you can fully see James Kyson Lee's tattoo peeking out from under his shirt. <laughs> and I'm like, put some makeup on that man. <laughs> and it doesn't have a tattoo. Yeah. It's just, it's so noticeable. I can't stop staring at it now that I can see it. I'm like, ah. Uh, I was taking notes, so I illusion. wasn't looking well enough probably to notice. The illusion's broken. <laughs> Digitally paint that out. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, you saved a lot of money reusing old scenes in this episode. (laughs) For real, though. I know, when the budget hits, man. (laughs) So, we have Meredith, who's failing her loyalty test right now. Because she's going to the Primatech cells, and she is letting Flint out. And he's like, what are you doing? We're going to be agents. She's like, they are tricking you because you are dumb. Do you know what daddy used to say? God gave you a big sister instead of a brain. Now put your shoes on. (laughs) I don't know why it's so funny when she tells him to put his shoes on like three times, but it is. (laughs) Put your damn shoes on. It's like she's trying to talk to like a toddler, like a parent, Mm -hmm. like put your shoes on. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I love it. So we cut to them on a train and Flint's looking pissy. He's like, meh. (laughs) Pouting. And she's like, all right, when this gets off at Houston, we'll go down to Mexico. We'll go hang out them down there for a little while. And he's, like I said, pouting. And she's like, listen, Flint, you cannot trust the company. And before she can get into explaining why, she gets tased by Thompson and just falls over. And Flint's like, you killed her. And he's like, yeah, that's right, genius. I killed her. And I'm going to kill you. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) This whole, like, fucking, um, oh, God, what am I thinking of? Um, of Mice and Men, like, Lenny and George dynamic. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we see that Meredith is not out at all. She gets back up as Thompson's chasing Flint. And we see a little, like, stalking, hiding in the train cars. And eventually Meredith tackles Thompson. And Thompson just fucking punches her. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> I mean, she's got fire hands, right? Yeah. And while she's distracting Thompson, Flint is able to jump off the train. And he's all like, oh, what the hell? We could have given him a purpose. Now all he is is our sworn enemy. And she's like, and so am I. And she uses her flames on these (laughs) gas canisters that are in that train car. And she jumps off the train before it explodes. Thompson pretty much close behind her. Yeah, I love love the whole interaction of... of, uh them facing off against Thompson, who has to be careful with what he uses, and they have to be careful with what they use, because gasoline. Mm -hmm. So it's very, like, yeah, punchy, punchy, grab, grab. Like, yeah. I'm a 
if it's gasoline or what kind of like tanks were in there, like ox. It was some sort like propane. Maybe, maybe? propane tanks. Was it propane and propane accessories? Perhaps? It could have been. <laughs> it is. Texas. Yeah, they are heading through Texas. Um, let's see. So Angela is making some delicious food for her loving husband. Mm-hmm. And Linderman rolls in. And he's like, that looks pretty good. Not as good as my pot pies, though. Has anyone ever told you that I make pot pies? They're pretty great. Have you ever had one of my pot pies? Everybody loves my pot pies. He's that guy that, like, makes a thing and then just has to talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like the, like, prize-winning chili guy. Do you know what I mean? Yep. He's just like, oh, well, this dinner's fine. It's not my pot pies. But, like, whatever. Um, <laughs> I just think it's so great. I'm like, I love it. And he's just like, you know what? I can't bear to, to to be around this anymore. I, be, I can't bear to see what, you know, Arthur's been doing to you. Like, I can't undo what he did in terms of, like, you know, get your, you know... Like, what what does he say? He says, I can't push a thought into your head, but I can heal the scars. Because mm-hmm. it leaves scars, what he's doing to her. You can't just fuck with a brain and nothing happens. Like the know, Haitian. Physically. Indeed. And so... She's just like, what What are you talking about? Like, I, this is ridiculous. He wouldn't do anything. Like, this is stupid, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, so I can heal the scars, but you have to decide. Do you want to live in blind obedience or learn the truth? And there's something in Angela that is like, all right. And so she lets him heal her. Oh, boy. Uh, she gets flashes of all kinds of things. And then uh, the first thing she does is uh, exclaim Nathan's name. Because she knows now what he's going to try to do to their son. Oh, boy. Mm. <laughs> oh, I uh, I don't think that's... Uh, I don't think that dinner is going to go quite as well as, as it, it was originally supposed to. I think there might be some discussion now. <laughs> oh. Dare I say. I, I like the scene because, you know, it's all that old, old school, like, founder company stuff. Yes. This so much of like just having Linderman around in this is just like ah oh, where's that company like spinoff or miniseries I would I would pay to see it because mm-hmm. they have all that history with each other and it's apparent in everything that they you know every time they interact and I just want more and he he joins the <laughs> the slapped by Angela Petrelli club because oh he sure he does got slapped in the kitchen there he sure mm-hmm. did it's a proud it's a club it's a proud club. It's a club of members from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but let's let's see though. So back in Texas, Meredith set the train on fire. Doesn't that seem familiar? Wasn't wasn't there? Hmm. <gasps> Didn't that happen hmm. in season one of the show? Hmm. Huh. So Thompson and Meredith um are okay, but Thompson's taking her away. And they end up discussing the whole thing about Claire. Now she thinks her baby girl is dead. Uh, the company did it. You know, they, they busted in and, and because of what happened, she's gone. And Thompson's like, they made you think that your kid was dead. Like, that's pretty fucked. So he actually like lets it slip. Like, yeah, like obviously from how I'm saying it, Claire's very much not dead. He lets her go. And, um, okay. So <laughs> much like the James Kyson Lee thing, um, Thompson totally has earrings in, and it's really <laughs> distracting. Because Eric Roberts has earrings. Um, so I was just like, could have could have done without those. Kind of ruins the character. But anyway, um, so he's like, just you know, just go. Like before I change my mind, you know that whole bit. And the camera swoops past them, 
And who do we see but Claire herself running into that goddamn train fire, which her mom apparently caused. Destiny and all that. Mm-hmm. Fate. They were so close to each other and had no idea. I like that little connection that they had with this part. Me too. Me too. It works pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like that Thompson was like, oh, man. <laughs> they, they let you think your kid was dead. That is kind of fucked. <laughs> He's like, let, let me tell you. He's like, we're kind of fucked as people, this, this group I'm with. But uh, that's pretty harsh. So. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting considering how he acts in season one. I dare say the Thompson uh, characterization might be the retconniest part of the episode. That is true. That's just one man's opinion. So. But who, kn- who knows what else he went through in between this and meeting back up with HRG. Very true. In that, like, couple months since then. He might have gotten a firm talking to about letting her go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He probably did not uh, get away from that scoffery. No. How's how's the how's the ZD? Everyone's eating dinner. Is you it... ready for some dinner time? Yay! I'm ready for dinner times. <laughs> so Elle's cooking for Gabriel, and she's making ZD, and she's like, mm, "Yum yum, this looks gonna be delicious." And <laughs> she's like, "So there's this cafe, and there's like the spoken word thing to go to tonight. You want to go?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure. That sounds great." And then there's a knock on the door. She's like, "Oh, I invited someone to join us tonight." <laughs> Hope you don't mind. <laughs> God, this whole bit. And she opens the door and there's a guy there. And she's like, oh, this is Trevor. Trevor, this is Gabriel. I thought you should meet because he has an ability too. And Gabriel's kind of like, what the fuck is happening? She's like, I got his name off that list that you threw away and told me not to touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Because I feel like it's important for you to meet other people like you. Because, you know, alcoholics, they can't do it alone. And, um, so she encourages Trevor to show off what he can do. And he has some weird ass, like, very precise, like, invisible bullet power because he shatters some glasses. I like to say he has a literal finger gun. <laughs> Fair. So he's got his little finger gun. <laughs> yep. And when he does it, I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Isn't it so special, Gabriel? <laughs> and she's like, oh, hold up. I gotta go check on the Z. Do you boys talk? And she leaves the room. <laughs> And when she leaves the room, we, we flash to um, Noah in the van, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is exactly the way I want it to go. <laughs> he is having the grandest old time. <laughs> he's got his popcorn. He's eating it. Yeah. God, honestly. Yeah. <sighs> Such a shit. So let's go to the other dinner time. I didn't even realize they were two dinners back to back. That's kind of funny. At the Petroli Mansion, uh, Arthur is eating soup with Angela, and she's like, do you like it? It's your mother's recipe. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he asks what's on her mind. And she's like, oh, you know, it's not like you can, like, you can see into it. Do you know what's on my mind, Arthur? You know? I just, I just wonder that without your powers, if you'd know me all, at all anymore. <laughs> and we see a little camera flashback, because who's behind him but the Haitians there? And Arthur looks a little uncomfortable. He looks like he's got a little indigestion, maybe. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, so what do you think, Arthur? Do you still know me without your power? (laughs) And he's like, of course I know you. I know you like I know my own heart. And she's like, really, Arthur? So, you know, what am I going to do right now? Am I going to kiss you? (laughs) Or am I going to kill you? End scene. (laughs) (laughs) She poisoned the soup. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Goodness. Mm-hmm. A lot of unexpected third guests at dinner. <laughs> yeah. 
See, I, I've set up two dinner scenes for you, Keisha. Why don't you finish off both the dinner scenes oh, that were flashing goodness. back and yeah, forth why between? Don't, why don't I get to the tasty dessert mm-hmm. at both? All right. Um, so Trevor is just full-on destroying all kinds of tchotchkes at Gabe's place, and Elle's just fangirling out about it hard. It's so special what he can do. Like, oh, goodness. And Gabriel fucking snaps, and he's like, I bet he can't do this. And he throws Trevor against the wall. And then everything stops being fun real fast. (laughs) Um, And he's like, I think you need to leave now. And he's about to do his thing, and she zaps him, and he realizes, oh, she has a power too. She lying. What the hell is going on? And she tries to be like, you don't have to do this. And he tosses her next. And then Noah's like, well, shit! (laughs) He gets his gun (laughs) from the van. And he's gonna run out there. And he's like, get out! And Elle leaves. And then Noah decides, wait, wait, wait. Elle's fine. Okay. I gotta stay. Because the nature film's about to reach its natural conclusion. The, uh, the crocodile's about to get the antelope out of the watering hole. So, he kills Trevor. We hear the scream, we see the slice, we do the whole thing. Elle rushes out to the van. Noah is fully transfixed. He's like, huh, he actually exposes the brain. Interesting. Note, note, note. And Gabriel, back in his apartment, is just super upset. His hands are covered in blood. He leaves his apartment, and he leaves a bloody handprint all on the wall, and Elle gets upset outside. Can I take a moment to talk about the wonderful styling choice in Trevor Zeitlin? Yes, please do. Okay, I threatened her I was going to do this in Discord, and now I'm doing it right now. Because I, I just had a really good thought about it. You have to think about when this show aired. Okay. So this was, what, 2008? 2009 when this mm-hmm. was aired? About then, yeah. Okay. So look at how that guy is dressed, right? He might look kind of scummy, but... He honestly just looks like he's in, like, a fucking, like, emo band. Mm-hmm. And that was a very, like, popular, you know, thing at the moment. It's like how if it taken place a few years earlier, he probably would have been, like, a big, beefy, like, jock dude, right? Mm-hmm. That is a threat to someone like Gabriel, who's, like, nerdy and feels like he's never enough. So then now you have to look at someone like a Trevor Zeitlin, who is, you know... I think a good example of what was in for men back then. And yeah, he's got like his little torn jeans and his fucking guy liner and like, yeah, a girl like L, a nice girl like L, oh, she would always go for someone like him over someone like Gabriel. That I think is a real big spark um, that needs to be talked about in addition to the whole, like, you know, his inept, uh, his his feelings of ineptitude because of the powers and L being like, oh look, like I think it just all feeds into his insecurities that he's dealt with his whole mm-hmm. life. I mean, look at that dweeb, you know, <laughs> like yeah. So just that, I think it's a smart choice because at the time I remember being like, this guy, like that's kind of random. But now I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, but you know what though, he's totally the type of person that would swoop up a cute girl like Elle while Gabriel watches, sadly, in the background. So, yeah. I, I get him feeling threatened even before he realized he had a power. So Plus, he's being real flirty with, like, Elle as well. Even though I don't think he oh, says a anything. Oh, thousand percent. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah. Yep. He is. He's all like, oh, you like that? Mm-hmm. Pam, pow, pow. <laughs> Just breaking all of Gabriel's shit. Goodness. <laughs> he deserved to die. <laughs> You know 
don't know. Those glasses could have been like fucking heirlooms or something. <laughs> very true. Very true. So uh, that dinner didn't end too well. I bet the Petrelli one will be much better. Um, so Angela's like super chill and cool and badass, like we know and love. This is the Angela we know, not the woman we've been seeing this episode. She's like, yeah, it's not your mother's recipe. Sips wine. <laughs> like, it's so good while Arthur's, like, fucking dying. Well, there's and there's he, more before that. What? Because she doesn't quite get to that what? yet. Okay, well, you do it then, because I didn't have oh, that Oh, well, she first is yelling at him, our son Arthur, our own son. Yo, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, ugh, don't be sentimental, woman. <laughs> that's right. Yo, yeah, that's right. I can't believe I didn't add that. And yeah. she's like, I'm God sentimental because I won't kill our son? You were a great man, but you lost your soul. Yes. And then that, he says, okay. I won't apologize for that. And he starts to double over. There we go. There you go. Thank mm-hmm. you. I was eating oatmeal or something when that happened. Um, Yeah. So now she's just like, hmm, yeah, well, who died now, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> like, how dare you come for my children? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Haitian's still there, and she's, like, trying to deal with the body now. And she's like, all right, use the incinerator on level three. Use my passcode for access. If anyone asks, he's just a casualty from a field op. And she's going to cover this up real good. And then, oh, Jesus, God. Does nobody knock in this fucking house or call first? Nathan's there now. So he probably just walked right in. We didn't see it. He probably just walked right on mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. Nobody locks doors. Um, Yeah. So he walks right in and he sees his dad dead on the floor and he's like, oh no. And, and he, and he goes over and he's like, oh, but he's still breathing. It's okay. You know, let's, let's, you know, get him to a hospital quick. It's like, oh, way to ruin everything, Nathan. God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you ruin Angela's plans literally all the time forever? (laughs) I find it interesting that not only now, but in, in a scene coming up, she insists on him being incinerated. Uh, Yeah. She's like, burn this motherfucker. <laughs> that is curious, mm-hmm. isn't it? Which I think we'll talk about toward the end of the episode, because I might have, I have a couple ideas, thoughts. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so Angela's like, oh, yeah, great, let me call 911. Fuck. So, oops, mm-hmm. best laid plans and all that. Uh, back over with Bennett and L. Bennett's like, well, we got what we needed, we're wrapped. And he's like, those tapes will be studied and analyzed, and, you know, you did good. And it's it's okay, because I got a feeling we'll be tracking him down again real soon. <laughs> Wink. Because, you know, we, we know what's going to happen there. Um, and Elle's just really upset, and she's like, he had a soul. He could have been saved. And he's like, we're not missionaries, Elle. That's not what we do, you know? It's not, you know, the assignment this time, it wasn't to bring him in. Like, sorry, but that's just the way it is. You did great. Uh, this is This is the job. Like, I gotta go, I gotta go, you know, get into Mohinder's cab right now, because the timeline's getting a little skippy. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, so he's like, oh, there's my ride. And we see it's, you know, Mohinder in the cab, and Peter gets out, and Noah gets in. And yeah, like I say in my notes, I love them using scenes that they've already shot. You can tell it's for budget reasons. <laughs> like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't they? So, yeah, poor L. Poor L. Weird timeline. When were you in India, HRG? When did Chandra die? <laughs> I know, I know. That's when it starts, like, splitting apart. Um, it's just, it's only reasons because they wanted to have it tie into that little get in the cab with Mohinder scene. If they right? didn't do they that, just, we they... wouldn't be having these questions right now. Exactly. They just go a little too far. They can't help mm-hmm, themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. 
But um, how how's how's Arthur doing? Is he is, is he okay? Is he gonna pull through? Well, Angela and Nathan are at the hospital now, and Nathan wants to call Peter to tell him that something's wrong with their dad. But before, and Angela's like, "No, we're not calling Peter till we know more." And soon enough, they do find out more. A doctor comes in. He's like, "I'm sorry, he's gone." And uh, like you know, he had a massive like heart attack. He's dead. And Angela's like, "Okay, I want a cremation as soon as possible." <laughs> And Angela and Nathan hug. And we see the doctor leave. And this doctor looks kind of familiar. He goes in and there we see Arthur lying in bed, very much not dead, as we know. (laughs) And he's talking to him via, in his mind. And the man's like, yeah, we'll, um, we'll get another body for cremation. Don't worry about it. But because of the poison, the paralysis will likely be permanent. And I believe the doctor here is the same doctor that Siler just was like, boop, killed when he was in the lab with Mohinder. Oh, yeah, that's Pinehurst Doctor. That's unnamed Pinehurst yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor. So, yep. so, yeah, Arthur escaping his fate. Which, again... That fuck. <laughs> yeah. Why was she so hell-bent on cremating him? What ability... I know. What it's... ability does he have that is not quite Claire and Adam, but is something where it's like he, he potentially very hard to kill? It's hard to say. I mean, yeah, I think there might be an element of that. Also because maybe she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe she straight up doesn't know what he fully has, all the abilities he That has. is true. That's fair. So she's like, gotta burn him. <laughs> gotta turn him into ash. Mm-hmm. So we go to Arthur's funeral, and uh, Nathan's sitting with um, Peter, and he's like, he's with Izzy now. <laughs> Peter's like, oh, he hated that dog. Or, uh, I don't know who says, I think, I think Peter said it, yeah. He hated that dog. The only thing that he's ever met that disobeyed him. I think Nathan said that. Did Nathan say that? Yeah, because he goes, he's with Izzy now. And Peter's like, oh, Izzy. And he's like, he hated that dog. And then I think Nathan says the bit. I think. I don't remember. It's it's a between Peter and Nathan conversation. Yeah, they're having like a little like moment. And meanwhile, Angela's standing there like, let's not idolize her father because he's dead. He wasn't a god. He was a man deeply flawed in ways you will never know. With her, like, sweet updo and the clothes that we're used to seeing mm-hmm. her in. Yeah, like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> she's literally, she's literally been abused by him for so long, mm-hmm. potentially. And, and it's it's nice. It's like, yeah, get your groove back. Get your power back. And with that, Hero wakes up. And he's like, oh my god, he's alive. I have to warn Angela and Nathan. And Flint's ser- sister, Meredith, she might be able to... And as he's, like, telling this, Angela's like, slow down, slow down, slow down. And we hear a scream. And Hiro and Anda leave the hut to find that Usutu has been beheaded. And for the first time on the show, Hiro gets to utter his Uh, fucking name. Right? I feel like they must have said it somewhere on the show and it just always ended up on the cutting room floor. Possibly, but that's still inexplicable. Like, there must have been, like, one moment, maybe, like, at the very beginning, like, when he first meets Parkman, he introduces himself, and then it's cut. I don't know! But (laughs) the first time we hear his name, he's dead on the ground already. Yeah, the first time he gets a name is when he's fucking Mm -hmm. dead. Dwell on that for a moment. Uh Uh-huh, just think about maybe some things that somebody said about the people running that show. So, anyway. (laughs) And then... Anyway. Arthur comes up to Hero... I understand you've been dreaming about me. And he puts his hands on Hero's head and Hero screams. And that's how we leave the episode. Hero's doing this very long scream with to be continued <laughs> sliding on into the frame. Oh, shit. 
Heroes fucked. We're gonna nerf all the big boys. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And my, of course, my question: If Arthur can put thoughts in heads, why not Mason or Peter? I get from Recon, they didn't want to Recon too hard, so logistically they cannot. So. Mm. purely character decision-wise, why didn't he put it into Nathan and Peter? But I like what you said, where it's like, maybe he did do it with Nathan and Peter, but Peter rejected it because his powers manifested earlier. It seems... Yeah, it seems like what we saw with Angela, where she was, like, able to resist for a bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe Peter has a little bit of that. Highly possible. I don't know, he's his mother's son. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, so... Oh, golly. Yep. So Arthur is going to take out all of our heroes and we're doomed. We're doomed. The villains are going to win. It's called villains this volume. So <laughs> we are proper fact. We are proper fact. Arthur is going to just, you know, he's going to get everything he wants. That's it. Show over. Game over. <laughs> it's no more. Overall thoughts on the episode? Um, like I said, I really, I, I, I remember I used to be so up in my feelings about how retconny it was in the past, but, um... Yeah, no, I, I definitely, it, it's, it certainly doesn't have, like, perfect timeline sync, mm-hmm. that's true. But, I mean, god damn it, no one's perfect. <laughs> no, and, like, all of it, like, I don't mind the L stuff or the Arthur of it all, like I said, the only thing that sticks in my craw is that him getting in Mohinder's cab, I'm like, mm. yep, kind yep. of flushes HRG stuff together a little too tight. It sure does. He's, I mean, he can't teleport, and I won't have an argument about that. I'm not, so. I'm not here to, to argue that Noah Bennett can teleport, okay? <laughs> Noah Bennett's had a power the whole time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jesus, that would have been wild. All right. Looks um, really born, I mean. <laughs> fuck. Uh, I don't want to. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, no, I I really I really do like the Gabriel and L stuff um, quite a bit, and I talk about why a little bit more in the next episode we're about mm-hmm. to record. Um, why why their stuff tends to work pretty good together, and uh, yeah, the Meredith and Flint stuff, like I said, the whole like George and Lenny of it all was unexpected and and a delight. Mm-hmm. So, and then I just I love the Petrellis. I could watch a whole fucking show that's just that. Yeah, like. I love that fucking, like, drama and crime and superpowers and, oh, it's just everything. It's everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what about what about you? What you, would you think of it? Oh, yeah, I enjoyed the whole thing. Didn't have a, cool. didn't have a part where I was like, okay, I'm going to go take a nap now <laughs> during this plot line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Other it, than, like was, I said, the fun. HRG thing, and then, of course, the Suto getting a name when he's dead, so. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't have the energy or the strength to get into all that, but it's fucked. There we go. There's my sentence on it. Um, yeah, I think. Well, it's it's great because it's like, yeah, it is a fun little like partner to six months ago. But so much of this episode, and especially watching it back to back like this, it just perfectly leads into all the shit that we're going to be dealing with in the yep. present. So they did a good job there. Mm-hmm. Keisha, why don't you tell us our socials? Alrighty, so if you would like to follow our social media accounts, we are at Eclipse Podcast on Twitter. Um, if you'd like to follow our individual accounts, I am at Lady underscore Snark S N A R K. Rachel is at that Burb there, Burb with a B, like Bridget. Um, what you tweeting about, Rachel? <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> God. Nothing. 
Though, you know what, though? I don't think I have been either, so I'm bad. Uh, what the fuck have I been to? I tweeted about? a photo of my villagers at the end of the year to just my sister, and that's about it. Uh, I tweeted about a movie I watched that was fine. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, there's nothing interesting on here right now. I, I had this realization the other day. I was like, you know, I give Rachel a lot of shit, but I have not been tweeting as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> how you like yeah, that? Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> I guess I will. Um, if you want to email us, we are eclipsedpod at gmail.com. But the best way to get a hold of us, to say hi, to talk, to say what's up is the Discord server that we have. We will leave a link to that in the show notes. Come play with us, etc. Um, we can have all these fun retcon discussions about this about this episode mm-hmm. in particular. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you listen to us on your podcast app of choice, feel free to give us a, a like, a share, a subscribe, review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we've almost been doing this for a year now. It's crazy to think. And we're actually, uh, don't have that much show left, really. Um, so. We have enough. Yeah. Plus we have enough, I know, but. We'll be on Heroes for another year at least, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another, another year of Heroes. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. We're about to record another one, so we'll see you, you know, hypothetically in, like, a few minutes. No, next week. I'm not releasing these back-to-back. but no, we're not releasing them back to back. It's just going to be one. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Next time on Eclipsed. I don't know. I'm about to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we just watched the episode, so what's going on next time on Eclipsed? Oh, God. Siler right. loses his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it. You did it. You did one. <laughs> Do it. That's it. I only want that now. Yep. Just, just that? Yeah, and my sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>